At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Didn't end as we all would have rather it ended. Matt Duchesne scoring at 34-54 of overtime. That's 14-54 into the second overtime. And Nashville wins it. Five to four. Lots to talk about. Uh, Some of it great. Some of it not great. Some of it bad. All of that. That's what happens when you lose. You got to handle that. Uh, There were penalties, as I know all of you want us to talk about, and we'll talk about them. Uh, But let's get right to the business part of this deal. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, You'll find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Sammy Hanna and his crew do an amazing job. They're on Hamlin Road in Durham, but they're online at AluminumCompany.com. Carolina shorthanded both literally and figuratively tonight. Second straight game, no Jacob Slavin. Second straight game, Hurricanes spend a majority, not a majority, uh, spend a fair amount of it shorthanded. Uh, Max Lejoie made his NHL, I'm sorry, his Hurricanes debut. He made his postseason debut uh, and was largely, I mean, invisible for the most part. Uh, played nearly 17 minutes, did hit the score sheet when he took a penalty in the second overtime. Uh, but uh, otherwise, unoffensive, and uh, there you go. Probably weren't going to get... Uh, much more out of Jake Gardner in the same situation. So it was uh, fun, I'm sure, for Max Lejoie, uh, who has spent part of two seasons with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, and my understanding is has some offensive upside uh, as well as is overall a smart player. Uh, but uh, didn't play a ton, and he didn't figure to play a ton. Uh, so it's kind of get a, hard to get a read uh, on him probably says more about the way the team feels about Jake Gardner right now that Max Lejoie made his playoff debut and Hurricanes debut uh, in game three of this series in Nashville. Uh, so being shorthanded both literally and figuratively meant again that Brett Pesci and Brady Shea would log a ton of minutes, although it wasn't as much shorthanded as it was in game two. Um, 
And maybe that speaks to the way Carolina approached the game. Maybe not quite the sense of desperation as Nashville. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I, Carolina played well enough to win this game. Nobody's, uh, nobody should complain about that. Uh, and it's very possible that both Pesci and Shea didn't have, uh, you know, a ton left in the tank. I mean, they both were on the ice a ton in game two, which didn't go to overtime, uh, but they both played roughly nine and a half minutes shorthanded. Those numbers, even though there was the same amount of power play time, basically, for Nashville, a little over, actually just under 13 minutes of power play time, uh, both Shea and Pesci didn't quite get to the uh, nine and a half minute mark of shorthanded time. Pesci played just under seven minutes. Shea played just over seven and a half minutes. So it wasn't quite the nine and a half apiece as game two. Uh, Dougie Hamilton did play a lot tonight. Dougie Hamilton ended up being on the ice for 37 minutes. Uh, By the way, Pesci played 16 minutes in overtime, 10 minutes in the first overtime, Shea Shea and Hamilton each played about 14 minutes of overtime. Yanni Hockenpah played 10 minutes of the two overtimes. So uh, there was a lot of Dougie Hamilton and Brady Shea and Brett Pesci after regulation. And I'm sure those guys are gassed. I mean, they're they're all in amazing shape, but we're talking about uh, really having to cover for the absence of... Jacob Slavin. Uh, and maybe this is where I, I come in and I guess remind everybody what I have been saying since, oh, mid-March. The team needs another defenseman. More than anything else, the Hurricanes needed to add a top four defenseman. And, and again, I'm not in any way blaming this loss on what I term inaction at the trade deadline. Um, Carolina has been playing incredibly well with what they have and could have easily won this game tonight. Nino Niederreiter uh, had chances in overtime to bury this game. Uh, but there were some there are some guys who didn't play very well tonight. Nino Niederreiter, Martin Natchez didn't play very well tonight. Uh, I thought Andre Svechnikov was just okay. Tonight, they need those guys to be better all the time. Uh, for the most part, everybody has played well in this playoff series, but I don't think those guys were particularly, you know, I think they were B players tonight, and those guys need to be better than B players. So when Jake Bean, Yanni Hockenpah, and Max Lejoie have to play minutes in overtime and double overtime, which is, has been the fear all along, especially when you're missing Jacob Slavin. It just thins out the group. And, of course, the game winner happens when, I think it was Roman Yossi, uh, flipped the puck out to center, and Matt Duchesne won, I'd call it a physical battle, but Jake Bean tried to play the puck with his stick, rather than just simply body Matt Duchesne off the puck, and here's how it ends. Nashville gets to the puck, flips it to the Canes, and Duchesne in. He goes top shelf and scores! And Nashville wins game number three with 5.06 to go in the second overtime. Matt Duchesne pops the puck over Alex Nedeljkovic. And the Predators will take a 5-4 victory. The the mistake that Jake Bean makes simply is that there is trying to play the puck. Just play the body. The puck's there. You don't have to play the puck. You can simply stand Matt Duchesne up and let your partner get the puck. But Bean tried to play the puck. It bounced over his stick. I mean, that's a hard puck to play anyway. And... Duchesne skates in and uh, roofs it just under the bar. And it's uh, it's over. It's 5-4. Uh, 49 saves for Alex Nedeljkovic. The only goal that we could even quibble about would have been the Peter Forsberg goal. 
in fact, this goal. 30 seconds remaining here in the first period. A stretch pass. Forsberg gets to it. And on Hamilton, backhand, he scores. What an individual effort by Philip Forsberg. The Predators score with 24.5 seconds left in the first period. Reclaim the lead, going up 2-1. Yeah, that was bad for a lot of reasons. You heard the time late in the first period. Uh, Carolina wasn't the better team in the first period. Nashville was better in the first period. So, in a way, it was justified that the Predators had a one-goal lead after one. Uh, But it didn't have to be that way. Dougie Hamilton didn't have to allow Philip Forsberg behind him. That was just a careless play by Hamilton. And uh, my only issue with Ned all night, really, was uh, that uh, he kind of bit on the first fake. And Forsberg went back the other way. Uh, So uh, we know when Ned's at his best. And I thought, again, I thought Ned was excellent tonight. They certainly did not lose the game because of Alex Dugovich. Um, You know, he's a little bit more patient on those. Uh, and he wasn't on that one. And that was the not the first time uh, that Ned wasn't patient. He wasn't patient on the f- first goal of this series when Nashville made it one nothing on Monday night at PNC Arena, again with Philip Forsberg having the puck. So, I don't know, maybe Philip has Ned's number on breakaways. Uh, anyway, so those two mistakes, the Jake Bean mistake on the game-winning goal, uh, the Dougie Hamilton mistake on the first goal, and, uh, you know, Nashville gets off. That that wasn't the first goal. That was the second goal. Uh, Nashville uh, ends the first period on a high. Of course, didn't take Carolina long to tie it and then take the lead. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and then uh, then you lose the game on, on a really a mental mistake more than anything else. Uh, and I will say this. When you're tired, mental mistakes happen. Jake Bean had to play 27 minutes and 19 seconds tonight. Uh, That is not normal workload for Jake Bean. That's double the workload for Jake Bean. Uh, Theoretically, just about everybody played double the workload, uh, except uh, except a lot of the forwards didn't double their workload. Uh, Pesci and Shea played uh, 39 and a half and 38 minutes, respectively. Uh, Yanni Hockenpah played almost 27 minutes, Tonight, Dougie Hamilton played just short of 37 minutes tonight. Uh, Jordan Stahl played 29 and a half. Sebastian Ajo, 28 and a half. Uh, Ajo had played more through regulation. Stahl played more in the overtime. Uh, and I will tell you this. Uh, the matchup that Carolina really took advantage, I thought, in the first two series, first two games of this series, with the Stahl line with Faust and Fogel. Uh, matching up against the uh, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne trio, although that line had just really been put together for tonight because the first two games were played, I believe, with Victor Arvidsson. Uh, But essentially, Stahl went up against Johansson and Forsberg because that's a more physical line, and Carolina really held them, for the most part, in check. Tonight... With Nashville being able to dictate the matchups, that line, their top line of Johansson, Forsberg on the left, and Matt Duchesne on the right, that line went up against the Trocheck line. Niederreiter on the left, Natchez on the right. And that is, of the Hurricanes' top three lines, that's the least effective defensively. Uh, and they really took advantage. And that's, uh, but that's what happens when you get the last change and you can dictate the matchups. Uh, so there's no Jordan Stahl repeatedly on Johansson and Forsberg. Uh, it's a lesser defensive pl- Not that Trocek's not a good defensive player, but he's not Jordan Stahl. And that line is not normally as physical, although like Nino threw his body around tonight. Nino was kind of pesty, but he's not a great defensive player. Uh, and that's probably putting it mildly. Uh, seven power plays for Nashville to three for Carolina. I know people are mad about that. I'm not really mad about it. Carolina probably could have been given another power play or two. But ultimately, 
I kind of think Carolina committed seven penalties. Put the puck over the glass twice. I understand if you believe that. If Is there definitive proof that Warren Fogle didn't deposit the puck uh, over the glass without hitting the glass? I don't know. It was so close. I'm like, whatever. Um, and I know later in the game, Brock McGinn definitely did flip the puck over the glass without hitting the glass, and they didn't call it. So, I mean, can we just say it's even? Anyway, Carolina had two delay of game puck over glass, dog pog. So we had two of those. There were four hooking penalties. Yeah, We can say that they were questionable, that they were uh, iffy, but they were hooking penalties. I mean, they were all hooks to whatever degree we can debate, but they were all hooks. They called them. And uh, Stahl had a trip. So uh, there were uh, there were four hooks, two dog pogs, and Eric Stahl trip. That led to the five-on-three. That led to the Mikhail Granlund goal. That led to a tie game. So maybe if we argued uh, that that delay of game puck over glass should not have been called, the second one, okay, the stall trip doesn't happen, and we're just five on five. Yeah, we could do that, but all none of that none of that went, worked out in Carolina's favor, and I don't hold it against anybody. Uh, I don't think Carolina's been officiated against unfairly, at least not tonight. I, I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, Tuesday, not t- game two on Wednesday, that was way more egregious than anything we saw tonight. I'm not, I don't play the they got seven, we got three game. I don't play that game. Uh, I thought Nashville was just a little bit better tonight and maybe forced Carolina into some of those situations. And then you go back to, man, Carolina had some opportunities to score and didn't. So, uh, relatively even hockey game, Nashville got the final break. Uh, and to me, uh, that's, that's the game. I got one other thing to say about Nashville tonight. Games one and two, they were trying to take the body to Carolina. Win the game that way. Didn't work. They didn't try that tonight. Notice anything? They they didn't. They played just a straight up, a straight up game. They were more concerned with staying in the middle of the ice, certainly in the defensive zone. Uh, Carolina did not have as much uh, room to skate in the middle. Uh, notice that there were very few net front presences tonight. Uh, Carolina did not do a very good job of that. Uh, they just have to work a little harder in the middle of the ice. And maybe things will be a little bit different. Maybe you'll force Nashville to take some penalties, but Carolina did not do that tonight. So Nashville, although I'm not saying that that's where Nashville picked up their penalties, because it's not, it seemed like, uh, several of them were uh, off the rush, but uh, Carolina did four hooks, two dog pogs, and the Eric Stahl, the sorry Jordan Stahl trip. Um, again, Alex Nedeljkovich was very good. UC Soros was very good. Two goaltenders were great, and um, Nashville just got the one extra goal at the end. That's what happens. Now Carolina has a 2-1 series lead. And now Carolina, you hope, can get, not emotionally, physically ready for Sunday afternoon, 2.30, I believe. 2.30 opening face-off in Nashville. Sunday afternoon. And you got to be able to come back and put whatever happened tonight, put it aside, and go out and try to get game four. Uh, hopefully, Jacob Slavin will be back because I'm not sure you want Brett Pesci uh, and Brady Shea to play 25 minutes of regulation because that's what they're going to play and hope it doesn't go to overtime because you knew overtime uh, was not going to be kind to Carolina with as much uh, ice time as Pesci and Shea uh, had to take. Uh, so uh, let's do a very quick recap, then we're going to take a break and we'll come back uh, with Alec Campbell uh, on the other side, uh, because uh, there's enough to talk about with uh, within this game, and we'll get to it with Alec uh, in just a little bit. 
so the Predators score first. Ryan Ellis flips it through uh, a net front presence uh, just from the uh, from the wall to the right. Just flipped it on net. It got all the way through. Ned never saw it, uh, and it floats over him uh, for the first goal. It's one nothing Nashville. Sebastian Ajo, uh, an equally <laughs> um, lucky goal. Like Ellis wasn't really trying to score. He was trying just trying to put the put the puck on net. And Sebastian Ajo, uh, try to get the uh, the official time at uh, fifteen forty four. So about ten minutes later, uh, Ajo again flipped it from the left wall. I mean, I mean he flung it with a little bit more purpose than Ryan Ellis did, and it deflects off Roman Yossi's stick and in. So it's one one. So Nashville got a fortunate goal. Carolina got a fortunate goal. Uh, you want to hear? Sebastian Ajo's fortunate goal. Puck has bounced along the boards. Carolina looking to keep it in. Does Ajo. Deflects. He scores. Put it to the net. Sebastian Ajo. His third goal of the series. His third in his many games. And Carolina's tied it at one with 4.16 left in the first. It wasn't even going to be a shot on goal until it hit Roman Yossi's stick and went in. And there you go. 1-1. Uh, and Carolina would have been really, really fortunate to get out of that period even because I thought Nashville was the better team. Uh, and then with under 30 seconds, Dougie Hamilton makes a little mistake, loses track of Philip Forsberg, and... 30 seconds remaining here in the first period. A stretch pass, Forsberg gets to it, and on Hamilton, backhand, he scores! What an individual effort by Philip Forsberg! The Predators... Score 24.5 seconds left in the first period. Reclaim the lead, going up 2-1. Those are killers because you could have easily gotten out of the period, but it ain't why they lost. So uh, in many cases, that would be a killer. But in this case, uh, three and a half minutes into the second, Jordan Stahl got loose and got the equalizer. Juno has it off of his skates, and now up front is the captain, Stahl, and says, Jordan Stahl on the breakaway ties it at two. The captain with the answer. It's kind of amazing that Jordan Stahl during the regular season never shows up in the shootout, but I like him in breakaways. <laughs> I don't understand. The shootout's a breakaway, right? Uh, so 2-2, Carolina and Nashville are now tied. Uh, and Carolina has been looking for more power play success. And in the on their second power, I think it was their second power play of the night. They only had three. You would think it would stand out. On their second power play of the night, Vincent Trocek decided, huh, do I see an opening? Trocek picks the corner, going over the shoulder of UC Saros, and the Hurricanes have their first lead of the night. It's 3-2 Carolina. Carolina, for the second straight game, scores a power play goal. That's a positive. And we were wondering if Vincent Trocek was ever going to score another goal. Well, answer. Yes, Vincent Trocek is going to score another goal. Look, on that play... Uh, Carolina had pretty good possession on the power play. Uh, Trocek has the puck. Uh, kind of goal line extended. He's kind of going back and forth across the the that, that end line. Uh, and he just kind of drifted out. Noticed the opening over the shoulder just inside the left post, the, in, the near post. Uh, and he roofed it over UC Soros. Second time Soros has given up a bad angle goal over his right shoulder. Jordan Stahl got him that way in game one. So we had a little symmetry. We had uh, Philip Forsberg beating Nedeljkovic uh, in tight in games one and three, and Soros allowing uh, what I think is a questionable goal uh, over his right shoulder near side uh, from a tough angle in games one and three. Uh, so uh, now it's 3-2 Carolina, 
and the power play is has is on the board. The penalty kill is killing Nashville penalty after Nashville penalty after Nashville penalty. And then a little bit of controversy, a disputed play. Carolina doesn't think the puck uh, went clean out of the defensive zone into the crowd. The referees thought otherwise. It's not a democracy. The referees get to make that call, and they did. Uh, and then uh, Jordan Stahl got whistled for tripping 30 seconds in. It becomes a five-on-three for 90 seconds. Didn't take quite that long. Mikhail Granlund uh, kind of poked in or shoved in uh, a puck that was was underneath Alex Nedeljkovic, but it was free. And uh, the puck squirted out the back. It sat on the goal line. And Brady Shea tried to get his skate to it. He couldn't. Granlund got his stick there, shoved it in, and now it's 3-3. And then we get to the third period. Ryan Johansson, right off a face-off win, uh, just got his stick uh, basically along the ice and deflected the Ryan Ellis shot uh, over Nedeljkovic. It's 4-3 Nashville, and that goal came about five minutes in at 5-0-1 of the third. And it almost looked like Carolina might have to just pull the goaltender and uh, just, you know, take their chances. Uh, And then uh, Brett Pesci with his first ever playoff goal. Svechnikov comes up with a steal into the Nashville zone. Andre Svechnikov lays it back across. Shot hammered wide by Pesci. Rebound chance. Saros has to make the play. Now Tara Biden with it. Back to Pesci. Pesci receives goal! Mike Maniscalco is right. Brett Pesci is having a playoff series. He's been great. Uh, zero issues with anything Brett Pesci has done, uh, including the penalty he took in game two. Carolina just couldn't get the fifth goal. Nashville got the fifth goal, and that came from Matt Duchesne late, uh, and we'll talk about that with Alec Campbell uh, when he joins us in just a second. A reminder. Whatever you're doing while you're listening to the Canes Corner podcast, let us know. Tweet to me, at a gold fan. Uh, we had somebody tell me that they listened to it while running. I'm like, bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. Uh, I apologize. And look, if, if you can run to this, by all means, uh, have at it. Uh, walk the dog, gardening, cooking, whatever, cleaning, I don't care, whatever you're doing. Let us know what you're doing. Uh, tweet to me at a gold fan. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us. Uh, you can give us whatever rating, whatever review you wish. To me, it's feedback. Every once in a while, I jump into the Apple Podcast app uh, on my laptop and I look at the, the the reviews and I look at the suggestions and let us know. Let us know if you there's some. Hey, address this next time. You can also tweet to me at all times at a gold fan. Uh, so we'll come right back with Alec Campbell. This is the Canes Corner Podcast. Nashville wins it in double overtime, five four. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, extra long Stormwatch aftermath, extra long aftermath. My guess, uh, my friend from uh, noon to three as we. Uh, pretend to do the radio show as we watch the PGA Championship. Uh, joins us to uh, discuss this five-four double overtime loss. How much complaining was there in the post-game over seven power plays for Nashville to just three for Carolina for the second straight game? Yeah, there was a little bit of complaining, and you know Rod Brindamore didn't. I don't know. I guess he didn't help that out. He didn't help me out. He didn't help you out. I'm I'm gonna guess. Yes. In that regard, um, just because, uh, you know, like like th- there is as much I think gamesmanship involved in that kind of stuff, and I'm not necessarily saying that I be- that I think that Rod doesn't believe what he's saying. And, you know, I do think that there is some indication as to the consistency of the calls that are being made, that it's 14-6 over, 
you know, the last two games, it's 17, 10 over the entirety of the series. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of like gamesmanship that happens. I'm not the, I'm not the referee guy necessarily. Yeah. So, and you know, and the other thing is, is that Carolina's penalty kill has been really good and they generate a lot of chances on it. And I know it's not, you know, you don't, you don't want to have less guys on the ice than the other team. Um, but it, it, it hasn't hindered Carolina as much as the number of penalties would maybe indicate to you that it would. So, you know, I don't, I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest with you, just because I don't believe that the referees are out there intentionally calling significantly more penalties against Carol or against, uh, yeah, against Carolina than they are Nashville. Like, I don't believe they're rooting for Nashville, right? You don't think they had money on the Predators on the money line? No, I yeah, don't I'm, believe I'm that. So, so, right. so I don't really know how we arrive at this discrepancy or this disparity in penalties other than, you know, we have to trust that they make the calls when they see the calls. I mean, there are, of course, there are lots of calls out there that don't get made that could get made. There are calls that got made that were stupid. I mean, there were a couple other ones tonight that I thought were chintzy calls that Carolina got. But in the in the end, I mean, what are we supposed to? I mean, what are we supposed to believe here that the that the referees are in on the take here? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I just I, I don't really know what to do with the information. Yeah, you know, or with the complaint. I don't like using the raw numbers. Uh, because I think the raw numbers are just numbers. Carolina was called for seven penalties again. Um, actually, and I said this earlier, I think if we were going to complain about bad calls, game two was the game to point to. Yeah, and I, I don't did. think this game was the game to point to bad calls. There were two pucks over the glass, could have easily been a third, uh, although, you know, Brock McGinn, um, I don't know, that to me, the spirit of the rule of the puck over the glass, that was not Brock McGinn, uh, but they didn't think that it went over the glass cleanly, so they didn't, or they didn't think he was in the offensive, in the defensive zone, even though he clearly was still uh, inside the blue line. Uh, so there were two uh, dog pogs, there mm-hmm. were four hooking penalties, and... Whether yeah. we think that they were chintzy or not, and yeah, you can make an argument that one of them or maybe two of them were kind of ticky-tack. They were hooks. Stick on the hands. Yeah. You're gonna, they're going to call that. Uh, and yeah. uh, and then there was the stall trip while they were shorthanded. So I really i am not going to complain about the officiating tonight. It ain't why Carolina lost the game. The way I yeah, look I at agree. it. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think they had chances to win the game. They just they didn't score when they had their chances. The the one penalty that I thought that I had the biggest problem with, like I don't know about the ones over the glass. I just don't I don't know that there was enough like clear enough evidence at least in my view, in my opinion that that it was uh, you know, that that, that they were wrong. I mean, they did huddle up for a good period of time. Trip pointed this out in the aftermath. Right. That kind of proved to you that they didn't really know. Correct. They couldn't really tell. So, you know, maybe in that case, it's a situation where you go, all right, no penalty, play on. The one that I complained about, and I complained about it on Twitter, was the hook that Aho took. Right. Just because Ryan Ellis did a pirouette in the air. I mean, he did a one a, a horizontal 360 yeah. in the air. I mean, he spun like a dreidel as if he had just been, you know, run into at a hundred miles an hour by somebody. And Aho barely touched him. Like, yeah. I'm not here to say it wasn't a hook. I'm just saying there was, there was a large salesman aspect sure. to that call absolutely right and i mean that's you know that's also part of the game to some extent i mean you know people people talk about selling calls and drawing foul i mean that's that's essentially what we what we mean 
when we talk about drawing penalties, you know, and we praise it when it goes in our favor, but then we complain about it when it goes the other way. And listen, I've, I've over the last couple of games complained about it a little bit just because I'm flabbergasted that the referees can be so gullible <laughs> on some of these things. Right. Um, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, like Sebastian Ajo, there's no possible way that that hook turned Ryan Ellis around the way it did. None. It was a dive. He dove on the play, but whatever, you know, I, I just, I like, I found the, the, the bigger issue for me tonight was I thought Nashville played better. Yeah. I, I like, I mean, and I'm not saying like, I think Carolina had a chance to win. I thought they were competitive for the most part. I thought it was a fairly even game. And I'm not even necessarily saying they played better than Carolina. I'm saying they played better than they played in game one and game two. And their net front presence in front and in, in on both ends of the ice, offense and defense, I think was tough because yeah. they 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 used it to their advantage offensively. Defensively, I found myself frustrated by the inability for Carolina to get pucks through and get clean looks. Like I thought, you know, in the first overtime period, Carolina had so much zone time and so much possession, but they really didn't get a ton of clean looks. You know, there were a lot of block shots. The puck just, they just, it, it just, they just got a lot of unfortunate, you know, at times when I thought that they were going to get a good look, the puck bounced or rolled or went off somebody's stick or, you know, something like that, that just made it more difficult. Right. And to me, that was the big, that was the big difference was Nashville made it harder on Carolina tonight. To your point, just generic scoring chances. Carolina in the last two periods plus, plus the, uh, the second overtime. So the third, the fourth, and the fifth periods. Carolina had at five-on-five five and was largely played at five-on-five five in the uh, the last three periods. Uh, Carolina had just 12 scoring chances total. For all of the zone time, just 12 scoring chances. That speaks to what you're saying. And I thought the same thing. Uh, Carolina didn't have a net front presence tonight. Uh, UC Soros didn't fight to see the puck. Tonight, it was clear at the other end, Alex Nedeljkovic had to fight to see the puck. In fact, he didn't see the first puck. The right. Ryan Ellis goal, Ned never moved on that. Mm-hmm. So that right. was the, the biggest difference between these two teams tonight was that right. Nashville was in front of Ned and nobody was in front of UC Soros. Uh, right, and you, you could point to three... I think three defensive breakdowns too. Uh, you know, you had Dougie Hamilton where um, Forsberg gets behind him. Yep. You had Vincent Trocek fall down on the Johansson goal. Right. Yeah, he did. In coverage. Absolutely. Which, 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 which allowed Johansson to get the, the tip. Yeah, he fell down Ellis. right off the faceoff. Right off the faceoff. Fell down. And then you had... Jake Bean, you had Matt Duchesne get behind Jake Bean on the flip through the neutral zone. So, I mean, there's three, you know, defensive breakdowns right there, and they scored on all three of those. So, um, I mentioned on that goal, first of all, uh, great play by Duchesne. Awesome play Mm -hmm. by Matt Duchesne, who um, in the past has been an elite-level player. But he's obviously not that anymore. Uh, but it was a great play by Duchesne. That was a difficult play that Jake Bean tried to make when there was the easier play that Jake Bean could have tried to make, but he chose the harder one. The harder one is to try to play a bouncing puck out of the air when right. you are uh, when you're what four minutes away uh, or five minutes away from uh, you know a fifteen minute rest period. Uh, all you got to do is stand Duchesne up at the blue line and let, I, I, I'm assuming it was Pesci or Hockenpah back there with him, and let the other guy get the puck. You're entitled to just play the body. Um, but that's not Jake Bean's DNA as a defenseman. 
his DNA, because he's generally good at it, is stick play. So mm-hmm. he doesn't. To me, it's 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 more a mistake in terms of a decision than it is a physical mistake, because that's right, just right, a hard right. play to make. And I've never. I right. mean, in Carolina, sometimes because their defense is not a physical defense, those are the mistakes they do make on defense. And I and I will put. Uh, at times, Pesci and Slavin in that category and Hamilton in that category, too, because they're mo- much more apt to try to play the puck than they are to just stand the guy up. Because you can mm-hmm. do that, man. All you got to do is stand up there with your stick, uh, you know, both hands on your stick and just hold Duchesne up. And that's right. uh, that's an absolutely clean legal play. Uh, so that was the mistake to me. Uh, for me, for uh, for Jake Bean, of course, on Twitter, I was told uh, that Jake Bean is great and um, I should leave him the hell alone. Actually, hell was not used. Uh, it was a different uh, it was a different word uh, that I and I was called an idiot. Uh, that's fine. Mm. Um, Jake Bean was OK tonight. He wasn't uh, he wasn't bad. Uh, Max Lejoie was uh, largely unnoticeable for the most part. Uh, except yeah. when he got his penalty in the second overtime, um, the only issue with for me with uh, with the with the number of penalties and really seven penalties over uh, almost five full periods it's not that terrible. Uh, six of them came in regulation. Does it wear you out? It could Pesci yeah. and Shea didn't play that much shorthanded tonight. Rod spread the shorthanded time around pretty well. Um, so and neither guy spent any time in the box, so it wasn't like they uh, they couldn't get out there and kill penalties. Uh, they were both in the like Pesci had seven minutes of uh, shorthanded time, Shea had seven forty one. Uh, so it wasn't like game two where they both played about nine and a half minutes, uh, and it was all in regulation. Uh, but for the second straight game without Jacob Slavin, it does thin you out, and we talked about this before. Uh, and while I thought Yanni Hockenpah was fine, he wasn't as good as he was in games <clears throat> in games one and two, but Yanni Hockenpah was fine. They don't have great depth on the blue line. So, basically, three, five, six defensemen, and I'm, I'm using a five, six loosely because I think if they had better options, two of those guys would, would not be in the lineup. Um, they had to play a lot of time. And that was our fear, especially without Slavin. If the game goes in overtime and beyond, holy cow, that's a lot to put on Pesci and Shea and Dougie Hamilton played uh, 37 minutes today too. It's a lot to put on those guys. And now there's there's a game uh, in less than 48 hours coming up Sunday afternoon. So they kind of need Jacob Slavin back. Yeah, it's kind of worst-case scenario for a 2.30 start on Sunday to play two overtimes, but I mean, you had to believe we were going to get to one, you know, if not multiple overtimes at some point during the, during this uh, playoff run. So, you know, you deal with them as they come, both teams have to deal with it at this point. Um, but it's still a lot of minutes. I mean, 40 minutes nearly for Brett Pesci and Brady Shea, and Dougie Hamilton. I mean, that, that is so much hockey. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't... I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on the body play, too. Like, I I feel like that's a thing that we've talked about for years with that, is that it's the simple play sometimes. Right. Is that you just body the guy up, let somebody else deal with the puck. Right? Because, I mean you're going to probably move him off the puck anyway. And so it's going to be loose somewhere, but somebody else can take care of that. Uh, but I also thought that Ned kind of, you know, poked at the game winner too, that got him in a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, but ultimately I thought he was pretty good tonight. I didn't have really much problem with the no. I don't think he's going to get the start on Sunday at I don't this think point. You, yeah, I don't think he can. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's just there's way too much work tonight, and they lost, so it's it gives you a good reason to go to Peter. But um, yeah, I just I didn't I just didn't have a ton of problem with Carolina's game tonight overall. They just lost. 
They didn't score enough goals. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I really didn't hate their game. I mean, I thought they were they were pretty good. They didn't get the the bounces. I mean, listen, they had they had their chances to score. Nino Niederreiter had a breakaway in overtime. Yep. You know, um, there were others. There were other situations. So I don't know. It's it's one loss. The hurt, like like we said, the Hurricanes held serve at home. I think the realistic expectation is you go on the road and you split in the playoffs. You get one or two, you're in good shape. Yeah, but we get greedy. Uh, get greedy. You want to? Yeah. You, you want you want to sweep? Uh, and the game was winnable. There's no question the game was winnable tonight. But that's all right. They uh, they didn't. You know, Nashville played well. Nashville obviously could have won the game as easily as Carolina could have. Uh, they just made, they got the one more play at the end. And yeah, I mean, it was kind of took advantage of a little bit of a mistake here. The, the thing is that Carolina had a good chance at the other end, right before the goal, you know, mm-hmm. they, they did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, I just went and looked at it. The uh, Aho Teravon and Svechnikov line didn't play a lot in the second overtime. Uh, in fact, Aho had uh, a total of, uh, basically nine minutes uh, on ice in the two overtimes combined. Uh, so, I mean, he still played a lot, still played 28 and a half minutes. Uh, but he didn't play a ton uh, in the overtime. In the overtimes. You know what's interesting to me? Because um, I, I, I try to follow the matchups as much as you can, and it's, it's hard at times to figure out what they are because you're just so focused on who's on the ice for Carolina. Or where the puck is, and so who has the puck? Um, mm-hmm. In Raleigh, when Rod has, when Rod can dictate the matchups, he's got the stall line out against Forsberg and Johansson. Uh, and I think in the two games in Raleigh, it was Victor Arvidsson uh, out there. So it was Arvidsson with Johansson and Forsberg, and uh, Brenda Moore had the stall line. And after the first period of game one, it was stall with Faust and Fogel, uh, which is a more physical uh, checking line, really. Obviously, Stahl had two goals then, and he had another goal tonight. But here, that wasn't the matchup that John Hines went for. John Hines picked on Trocek, Niederreiter, and Natchez with that same line. So at five on five, and because Rod doesn't have control of that, now on a faceoff, he sort of does, so he was able to do that. Uh, or in the flow of play, uh, after they change, you can get the matchup you want on. Uh, but right. you know, Rod didn't. Rod didn't have control of that, so they went after Trocheck, uh, Natchez, and Niederreiter. And I, if I was going to pick on anybody who I thought didn't really have a great game tonight, it's that line. I know Trocheck scored the power play goal. But I thought that that line was kind of handled by Nashville at five on five. Ajo's line was excellent tonight. Stahl's line was excellent tonight. Uh, bottom line, fourth line wasn't. It was the first time in a long time the fourth line was not noticeable for me. But yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, I, I like the Stahl line a lot, or the or the the Ajo line a lot tonight. I still think there are situations where they overpass the puck. Um, I just I don't know that that's ever going to change, but it, it bothers <laughs> <No>. me sometimes. <laughs> um, and Stahl was good. I mean, I thought I thought Stahl could have you know Stahl could have gotten a star from me if um, he might have. I can't even remember at this point. Um, I don't even think but, about it if they don't win. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I had to. I understand. I don't have sponsors for stars. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, should get one. I should get a sponsor. Maybe my dog can sponsor the stars. The sponsored Ur- by Earl. The Earl Grey Weimariner three stars of the game. And I can't even for the, the life of me. Aho would have gotten a star today. Um, I gave Aho a star. Let's see. I gave Pesci a star. Yeah. I gave Aho a star. And who else? I think I gave Stahl a star. Yeah, I did. He was excellent. He was, yeah, he was good. He was good in the face-off circle. Um, 
But yeah, I didn't think the fourth line was was as noticeable tonight either. The first time, first um, time in a long I time, didn't, I didn't think. I thought they got handled tonight. Um, I didn't necessarily notice the Trocheck line getting handled. Um, but you know, like, I'll, I'll take. I'll, you know, I, I guess I, I might not have been paying as much attention. I don't know. Well, uh, it's just that the um, Forsberg, Duchesne, and Johansson, to me, were just very noticeable. And yeah. that was the five-on-five five matchup um, mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, man, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, shift after shift after shift uh, because Rod did manage to get stall against them at times. Uh, but it was, and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the Trocek didn't play well. I didn't think either of the two wingers on that line. I didn't think Niederreiter and Natchez were all that great tonight. Um, who knows? I mean, I could, I could honestly just be, uh, imagining it. No, I mean, I, I don't think they, you I mean, I don't, they definitely weren't like standing out. That's for sure. Uh, I think they were bad, but the, you know, they didn't really do anything to the good. Definitely. Natchez didn't do anything to the good. Um, Niederreiter, you know, he missed the he missed a golden opportunity. That's what I remember from Nina from Nita Ryder. By the way, uh, this was not the physical game that we have seen the first two. Did you notice that? No, <laughs> no. Tonight, tonight had a real regular season feel to it. <laughs> I said it from the beginning. It felt really regular season to me. It did. I'm being completely honest. No, you're that. not. It's funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was going back and forth. Like it, did, it was not chippy, and I think that's a product of Nashville realizing that they can't screw around tonight. It They're didn't down work. 0-2. 0-2 in the series. It didn't work. Although Holla did try to get on his ish early with yeah. uh, with Na- with Natchez with a little post whistle check. I mean, he checked Natchez into the boards after the whistle. Um, and that was the first time LeJoie got a chance to get in on some post-whistle action after that, coming in to step up and protect Natchez's honor. Right. Um, but, you know, he tried it early. He should switch it up, too, because, you know, it didn't work. But, yeah, they, they, they did not. There, there was not the chippiness. No. Or, the, you know, even the, even the penalties. Like, I, I, remember, I think in the first period, there – were there any penalties in the first period? Uh yeah, yeah, there were penalties there in the one, first period. One one penalty. I think there were more than that, but uh, they were not. There was no roughing I, penalty tonight. The only the only uh, penalty of aggression was uh, on uh, Matthias Ekholm for cross checking Brock McGinn. Cara, I mean, I remember. I was oh no no first no you. first period was no penalties. You're right. No yeah, penalties yeah, in the no first. Penalties. The second was the parade. Yeah, so there were no penalties in the first period. How many were in the second period? A uh, bunch. Uh, uh, Carolina had uh, two dog pogs uh, and uh, a hook and a trip. They had, Carolina committed four penalties in the second period. Nashville committed penalty uh, two penalties in the second. They were both uh, Ekholm. Uh, he mm-hmm. slashed Trocheck, and then right after coming out of the box, he cross-checked Brock McGinn in the high slot. Of all people yeah, to cross-check yeah. in the high slot, uh, Brock right. McGinn. Uh, then he he, go, he went right back to the box. Um, right, right, right. So, and I mean, Nashville had the only two penalties of aggression because uh, yeah. Tanner Janot also cross-checked uh, Brett Pesci. Um, in the uh, in the third, Carolina. I mean, Carolina yeah. went one for three on the power play. That was a great goal by Trocheck. Good sign that Trocheck got on the score sheet uh, for the first time in forever. Uh, so I thought that was good. Uh, Brett Pesci yeah. continues to be awesome in every possible way uh, for this team. That was a really good um, possession for them because there was some uh, puck retrieval there as well and. Uh, they almost got a fluky goal because it looked like the initial—I think it was a Pesci shot—went off the off the uh, boards wide and nearly came back and bounced in off of Soros. It was uh, that was a wild play, and Carolina gathered, regathered the puck and then Pesci scored. So, um, 
So there were there were, there was enough good tonight. Again, they could have won the game. Didn't win the game. Uh, it's uh it's all right. Let me read you this one tweet uh from uh from Ben on Twitter. With how many times you've asked, do you trust Jake Bean in double overtime in just about every morning after pod? Are you going to be Mr. I told you so? LOL. <laughs> the answer is no. Why would I do that? Yeah. Like, I may have already done I, it, but that's fine. Okay. It isn't about, but it wasn't about Jake Bean. It's just about overall depth. So. Yeah. Well, also, I think that a lot of times these criticisms are taken. No, he wasn't criticizing. He was laughing along with us. No, no, I get it. But I'm saying the people who actually get upset about that kind of stuff, like they think that these are like personal attacks on people. And they're not. Like, we like Jake Bean. Jake Bean's a perfectly good human being. But sometimes you have to point out when he's, you know, not as good as people think he is, right? So it's all good. Um, but I knew this game was going to go to overtime, and that was partially because of the regular seasonness to it. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe they. Maybe the Hurricanes did get a point. It just felt. <laughs> I mean, it just felt like this game was going to. It felt like a a, a, a normal game in. February that both teams were pretty good in, but it was a, like, I thought that it was a much more, I don't, I don't want to use the word conservative game on Nashville's part, but a much more thoughtful game on their part. Right. Like that they, they weren't just running around like chicken with their head with like chickens right. with their head cut off. So it was going to be more of a, a game of strategery than just a, a you know a blood you know a blood sport out there. Um, so and w- if that's the case, then I, I knew that Carolina could stay competitive in it. Um, it's just a matter of if they were going to be able to score. So to me, it just had overtime written all over it all night long. Yep, you were right. I saw your tweet. You were a hundred percent right. I didn't want it. I didn't want overtime. Because it brought us to where we are no. right now. No, who wants overtime? I'm loopy. Nobody wants overtime. I'm very yeah. loopy. Yeah, I can't even speak anymore. I know, I'm with you. Uh, so let's not speak anymore uh, until Sunday. We'll close the morning after podcast with who will win the PGA Championship, Alec Campbell. Ooh. Um... Brooks Kepka will win. I kind of think you're right, but I don't want to pick Brooks Kepka to win. Why not? I don't know. I, for some reason, I'm not. A, I don't like Kepka for some reason. Yeah, I mean, he's not really. He's not a, that much of a likable guy. Like he's really not that affable necessarily. Actually, my favorite parts of Brooks Kepka are when he um, just you know says what what are on his mind but generally speaking he always acts like he's being you know infringed upon to even talk to anyone about anything uh so his his general like demeanor is sort of off-putting but i also like he just wants to go out there and play golf he's like jay cutler like (laughs) he doesn't care about anything else he just wants to go show up play golf and go home and you know I relate to that. All right. I am throwing my lot behind Phil Mickelson. Okay. I would love that. I would love that. I just don't believe it's going to happen. I I agree. I also don't believe it's going to happen, but I'm throwing my lot behind Phil uh, because that's what would make me stay up late to watch a replay of the PGA Championship Sunday night. Right. That's what I will do because we will obviously not be able to watch it Sunday afternoon. Uh, but well, I, I was will. trying to watch it. I was trying to watch a replay right now while we were while we're doing this, but they've got UCLA Long Beach State softball on the channel where it says 2021 PGA Championship. That right there 
is offensive. Yeah. Offensive. I mean, they're wearing, I mean, they're wearing blue pants, for God's sakes. Well. Well, it's ending now, so that's good. Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll talk to you Sunday. All right. See ya. For the record, I have nothing against blue pants. All right. We're out of here from my back porch in Oxford, North Carolina, where we recorded uh, this edition of the Morning After Pod, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. From roofing to siding to windows to entry doors to gutter helmets, no better place uh, for the exterior of your home than the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. You can go online for a free no-obligation estimate at AluminumCompany.com. Best customer service in the industry. We like to provide that kind of customer service to you. So rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Wherever you get your podcast, follow the Canes Corner podcast there. Canes lose in double OT, 5-4. We'll see you Sunday after the Canes and Nashville play game four of this best of seven series. On the bright side, at least we know we have a game at PNC Arena next Tuesday night. So we have that to look forward to. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.